Today I'm beginning a new series I've entitled, Let Jesus Speak. Let Jesus Speak. You know, over the years, well-meaning people, some believers, some not, have looked me in the eyes sincerely and many times with with great conviction and have said things to me like, Pastor, you know what the Bible says. You know. The Bible says the Lord moves in mysterious ways. And, you know, over the years I've heard people say that or, or they might say something like, uh, you know, Pastor, you know what the Bible says. God helps those who help themselves. And for me, I, you know, sometimes I'll have to say, well, actually, it actually doesn't say that. The Bible actually does not say that. And, uh, and others might say, well, Pastor, you know what the good book says? Cleanliness is next to godliness. And hey, I, I'm just saying today, listen, there's nothing wrong with that quote. I, I'm just saying it's not in the Bible. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that quote. If that quote helps you get your kids into the bath, come on, to get them clean and get them washed, you can use it. All I'm saying today is that's not in the Bible. You know, but, you know Jesus said money is the root of all evil. No, he didn't. No, no, he actually didn't. It's close. First Timothy 6 verse 10 actually says that the love of money because how many, how many know we could all do with a little bit more money? Can anyone, have, come on, come on, lying is a sin too. Come on, so we could all do with a bit, bit more money. I mean, it'd be, it'd be great. No, it's the love of money. It's the love of money. Oh, what about when people say, well, Jesus said, you know, God will not give you more than you can handle. Well, that, uh, no, it doesn't. Actually, the Bible doesn't say that. In fact, you can find countless cases in Scripture where someone has faced something they couldn't handle. That's why we need God. The fact is, we can't handle it. God can. Can I, can I hear an amen? doesn't matter how big the situation is. God is bigger than it. But there is no point in the Bible where God promises that he just, you know, whatever it is, you're going to be able to get. No, there is stuff in my life that's happened. I go, I can't handle it. Anybody else had a moment like that and you want to be honest? Bible doesn't say, say that. The American football coach. Uh, Mike uh, Ditka, after being fired by his team when interviewed by the media, said, you know what Scripture says, this too shall pass, <laughs> except it doesn't. It's actually a Persian Sufi saying. Sufism uh, is a sect of Islam. It's an Islamic saying, this too shall Pass and of course there'll be some people here who are going. Oh, I thought Gandalf said that. I thought that was good. come on. You, I know some of you would have gone. That Gandalf, no, no, no. Gandalf said, "You shall not pass." That's what Gandalf said. But the Bible doesn't say that. And of course, you might be going anyway, Pastor. I don't care about this because I know Jesus said, "Be in the world, but not of it." No, he didn't. He didn't say that. That's not in the Bible. The sentiment 
sentiment of it is, the principle is there, but, but you can see that in John 15, verse 19, John 17, verse 14 through 15. But this is not a verse that's in the Bible. I could see in the last service, people opening their Bible, I'm going to show them, and they couldn't find it. It's not in there. I'm just telling you. See, Jesus said a lot of things, but he didn't say that. So what did Jesus say? The good news is, it's not too hard to find out. If we would just read our Bible, and of course, many modern Bibles these days make it even easier because it's so easy to see what Jesus said because anything he said is written in red. That rhymes. Anything he said is written in red. And over the next few Sundays, I, I want to make them, if, if you like, red letter Sundays. I, 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 we're just going to let Jesus speak. Because I've found over there, if we don't, if we don't, sometimes we have a Christianity and Jesus, look, I lived in India for, for, for many years. And I, I, I saw how people worship idols and so on and that and, and so sometimes like I, I'd seen people and, and heard of people but if if they wanted to be naughty or whatever they'd take their god their idol and they'd put him in the cupboard and shut it so he couldn't couldn't see it and then sometimes they'd open the cupboard and he's like oh and then they'd put him back on the shelf but sometimes can I just say if I'm a little bit honest it's not this service it's the other two so we were trying to help them out but sometimes we treat Jesus like that. He's like this, this God who never speaks. We're just like, oh, and he, he glows brightly and has a halo over his head. And we, we, that, that, that's how we, 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 we treat Christ. But I tell you what, we have a God who speaks. We have a God who is not deaf and dumb. Come on, somebody. We have a God who declares things, who speaks into our lives. And I think it's important for us as Christians if we're following Christ to let Jesus speak. And so my prayer as we do this is that we will grow, we'll learn, we'll be challenged, that we would know truth, that we'd find freedom. See, Jesus said, if you abide, if you abide, continue, it says in another version. If you abide, continue, hold to, remain faithful in my word, my teaching. He says, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you, you free. See, the true disciple, they know that there are, there are no shortcuts to spiritual maturity. There are no shortcuts. Oh, I wish it could be five easy steps. No, there are no shortcuts to spiritual maturity. Maturity. I want you to understand today, being born again is much more than a one-time profession of faith. A prayer you said at church. Rather, it's a lifetime of continuing and holding to, being faithful in His Word. And that comes, that forms in us true spiritual growth. You know, the New Testament Greek word for disciple communicates the idea of someone who is always learning, a pupil, a student, an apprentice. It's a journey, and this is, this is important, catch this, it's a journey, not a destination. It's a journey and not a destination. And can I just say this, in this life, you'll never arrive. I mean, if you're here today and go, no, I have arrived, you haven't arrived, I'm just... I'm just letting you know, it's a journey more 
than a destination. And so as an apprentice, what is an apprentice? An apprentice is someone who is always learning new skills, new ways to do something in order to be proficient at a chosen trade. And that means what? When you're learning, you don't always get it, get it right. Sometimes you muck up, but you don't give up. You continue on in this journey. Sometimes you'll muck up, but you don't give up. You keep pushing on. You keep moving forward. You're an apprentice. You understand you're, 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 you're learning. You're growing. This journey that we're on is one where we haven't got it all figured out yet. And anyone who tells you that they have, it just ain't telling you the truth. I mean, we can all look good in church, we can all pretty ourselves up, and we can all make it, but we got stuff in our lives that we're working through. Anybody want to admit that today? I mean, we've got stuff going on. And so we're all on the journey. We're apprentices. We're learning as we go. We don't always get it right. We muck up. We don't give up. But here's the thing. The intent of our heart is to grow and learn on the journey. And in a sense, disciples, as, as disciples, we're on a spiritual apprenticeship, continually learning, growing, honing what we are talk, taught as we move towards Christ-likeness through the beautiful sanctification process of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, I do want to say at this part, we've got to remember that Christ is in us at work. Friends, what I'm not talking about today is having to do some kind of works to reach God or whatever. No, he's already reached down to man. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not trying to tell you you've got to do a whole lot of stuff so God will love you. No, I, I, I'm saying God already loves you. Right. And it's out of that motivation. We don't, we don't do stuff so God will love us. We do stuff because God loved us. It's out of that love. We should know that. We should be secure in that today. Christ is in us. His Holy Ghost is in us. The Spirit of Christ is in us at work. That is sanctification. Christ in us, the hope of glory. But that should affect our behavior. The Amplified Bible puts it, that's like the Bible on steroids. It's like every word they can put into a verse, they put it in. The Amplified Bible puts that verse that we just read out like this. If you abide in my word, continually obeying my teachings and living in accordance with them, then you are my true disciples. It's not about just going, I love Jesus. What does that mean? Well, last week I said this. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I said last week who Jesus was remains who Jesus is. But the very next verse, Jesus goes on to say, if you love me, you will keep Another version says, obey, you will obey my commandments. This is the verse that really sparked the series for me. This, this, this verse got me. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
If who Jesus was remains who Jesus and Jesus is, that means Christ's commands are not just for those who loved him then, they're for us who love him now. Come on. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So when I read this, this verse raised three things for me. Number one, what are Christ's commandments? Number two, do I keep them? And then if I don't, Number three, do I truly love Christ? Because this verse and others like it seem to be saying love for Christ is evidence. This is not talking about God's love for us. I'm talking about our love for Him. Because this verse and others like it seem to be saying love for Christ is evidence or shown how by keeping Christ's commandments. It should affect our behavior. It should affect our Lifestyle. See, Bible commentator Matthew Henry put it like this. If love is the root, obedience is the fruit. If love is the root, obedience is the fruit. Jesus said, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one, Jesus said some scary stuff. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. In this account found in another gospel, Jesus puts it this way. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? That's what I say. If we treat Jesus just like a, ah, he's just this God who's, ah, and I look to Jesus, ah. no, 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 you've got to understand that if we are truly ones who love him, it should affect how we live. Yeah. Ah, no, <laughs> Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what? I say, and I have to go sometimes, why do I do that? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. Ouch. Therefore, everyone who hears, remember I said a few weeks ago, to hear is more important than to see. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. It's not just hearing. You've got to put them into practice. I said, it's not just hearing. Please hear me. It's not just, it's not just hearing. It's putting them into practice. It's like a wise man. Not just, oh, I heard it. I'm wise. No, no. It's hearing and putting into practice. If you get mad with me, please don't write. Address the letter to Jesus. He said it. I'm just repeating it. 
He's like a wise man who, put, who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and they beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had a foundation on the rock. I want to tell you, if we need to build our foundation, it needs to be on the rock. I especially pray for our young people in these days when they have no idea where, they, where their foundation is. It's so important that we bring them back to the Word. Back to what Christ said. Back to what the Bible preaches and uh, teaches. Well, I don't know if that's for today. It's for today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. We need to stand and be firm in that stand. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Why are they picking on the man? It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Let Jesus speak. If you love me, you will keep, obey, another version says, my commandments. Love for Christ is shown, is evidenced by keeping his commands. Jesus goes on to say in that same chapter, he says this, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. When I read that, there's a sense that the more we hold to our faithful and continue in, keep his commands, there will be a greater sense or a greater awareness of what God and who God is. Because that's the thing is we keep his commandments. People used to wear that. What would Jesus do, bracelet? Remember that? Again, if we don't read his word, we won't know what Jesus would do. We need to read his word. We need to... To get in, and as we do that, he will manifest himself. There will be a greater understanding, a greater awareness of the ways of God. You can't make it up on the fly. His ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And then he goes on in that same chapter and he says, If anyone loves me, he will keep, obey my word, my teaching. And my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. So Jesus said in verse 21, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And in verse 23, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. So in these two verses, we're going to ask the question, is Jesus saying that anyone who loves him must make sure that they obey his teaching, or is he saying that anyone who loves him will find themselves obeying by the power of the Holy Spirit? They'll find themselves obeying his teaching. Which one is it? Well, the answer is likely both. If we truly love Jesus through the activity of the Holy Spirit at work in us, that's the context of John chapter 14, through the Holy Spirit, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Spirit of Christ working in us, I think it is reasonable to assume that we can find or we will find that we are keeping or holding to, being faithful in, 
becoming more and more obedient to his teaching because of the sanctifying work that Christ is doing on the inside of us. I think we can say that. But it is also true that if we say we love him, we will, should, should desire to make an effort to be obedient to his teachings. Listen, not because we have to, but because we want to. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Because when you love someone, your desire is to please, please them. That's what lovers do. The great uh, John R.W. Stott, one of the greatest Bible teachers of all time, said this. Christian obedience is unlike every other kind of obedience. It is not the obedience of slaves or soldiers but essentially the obedience of lovers who know, love, and trust the person who issues the command. See, when you, when you love someone, you'll do anything. When you love someone, you will, you, you, whatever it takes, it's not, a, it's not an issue. If you remember back to, your, to, to when you first met your spouse or when you first met that, you had that first love, right? Nothing was too much. Nothing was too much when, 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 when you know, if, if, if Anita said she wants an ice cream, you know, I, I would move heaven and earth to get that ice cream, right? I, I would go, if the truck was five miles, I would, and I didn't have a car, I would run that, can you believe it? I would run that five miles to get her that ice cream. You know, I, I would do whatever it takes because here's the thing, it's not about the what, it's about the who. It's not about what you're asking me to do, it's about, about who is doing the asking, and because I love who's doing that, I love you, duck baby. <laughs> because, I, because, you know, who is, she's doing that. I will do anything. I, 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 you know, she wants chocolates, I'll go and get it. It's, it's, I, I'm, she's, I'm, she's having my child. And it's four o'clock in the morning. She says, I want chocolate. I'm going to find chocolate somewhere. <laughs> right? I'm going to go out and get in the car and, and, and go and find chocolate because that's what lovers do. It's not about, it's not about the. The, 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 the what, it's about the, the who, because when you love somebody, you will do anything. And, and of course, in marriage, can I just say, the danger is over that we get too familiar. And you know, after five, six years, settle down, settle down on the front row. Come, yes, a security, take her out. No, right. But, but, but after, you know, a few years, and, and she might say, oh, man, I feel like an ice cream. Here's a couple of bucks. The truck's over there. There you go. There you go. Go get yourself one. There you go. <laughs> Come on. You know, you know when, when, when you were dating, and she'd go, <coughs> you'd go, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you, are you all right? Five years later, and, you know, a bit of, bit of, bit of time, she's like, <coughs> it's like, can you stop it? <laughs> I'm trying to watch television here. Come on. <laughs> Who's done this and what? No, don't, no, don't put your hand up. But like, that's what love does, right? Love, love does that. It'll chase it because it's not about the what you do. It's, 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 it's the who you're doing it for. Sometimes we lose sight of the who. Sometimes we, 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 we forget. We forget that. And people, you know, we... we, we we get saved and we're like, Lord, use me. God, I'll do anything. Use me. 
Five years down the track, you're on CAF in children's church. Seven on three ministries. Because you said, Lord, use me. Now you're going, I feel used. <laughs> well, didn't you pray that? Because it's what, what's it become? It's become about the what yeah. rather than the who. Yeah. Because when it's about the who, you'll do anything. Give anything. Why? Because you love. And it goes from I get to to I have to. And in love, when you're in love, your gaze is fixed. There's no distraction. When you're, when you're in love, one hour feels like one minute when you're together. When you're apart, one minute feels like one, one hour. Why? Because you love. It's what love does. In Revelation, Jesus speaks to the church who he loves and died for. And he says, you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. You've been through stuff, maybe you're even going through stuff today, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You've lost that, the who, and now it's about the what. He's like, return, return. You've lost that do anything love, that nothing's too much love. I'll give it all love. Why? Why? Because we get focused on the what's of our lives. Obedience becomes a chore. It's like I have to rather than I get to. What can I get away with? How close can I go to the line? It's not love. Well, let Jesus speak today. Let Jesus speak to your heart, your soul, your life. Your spirit, let him speak to our sin, our pain, our pride. Let Jesus speak. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So the question is, what, what are his commandments? It's a good question. Well, we'll look at that next week. But as I close... I just want to say we know that we can come to Jesus just as we are. We, we really can. We can come to Jesus just as we are. If you're here today and you're carrying your mess and your life is just like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you've ended up here today. I want you to know that Jesus loves us just the way we are. But he refuses, you've got to know this, he refuses to leave us that way. Why? Because his desire is that you would and I would look more like Jesus. His desire is that we would be formed and fashioned in the image of Christ. And so he accepts you just as you are, but he's not going to leave you just as you are. He's going to get, if you would let him speak to your life and not just, ah, he's going to say some stuff that's going to say, you need to change. You need to shift. Why? Because he wants his image formed in you. He wants Christ's likeness to be formed, formed in you. He loves you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you as you are. 
See, religion, what religion does, and I've said this many times, but it's an important thing because you might be here going, man, I can never be good enough. I can never be, you know, that, that, that person. Understand this. What religion does, religion says, change, sort yourself out, boy. Get rid of that earring. What are you doing? Sort yourself out. You change, and then you can follow God. You get yourself sorted, boy, and then you can follow God. That's what religion does. That's not what Jesus does. What Jesus does is he says, follow me and you will change. It's in the following that the changing happens. That Christ begins to work in our heart and begins to change our life. We are not doing things so he will love us. We do this life because he has loved us. And it's out of that love we say, God, I want to give it all to you. I will follow you, change me, rearrange me. I'm the clay, you're the potter. Do whatever you want to do. That's what Christ does. Do you love him today? Do you obey him today? Will you let him speak into your life and change whatever needs to be changed today? But I really like that part. Listen. Friends, it's not just the bad things. Sometimes there are good things in our life, and God's saying, I don't, I don't want you to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like I just got I've got a different thing I want for your life. Will you let him shift not just the bad stuff, but even some of your good stuff? It's like I want you to lay that down. Who knows? You might pick it up later on, but I, I'm doing a work in you. Let Jesus speak to your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this auditorium, just before we close, if you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, you know that you are far away from Him. You know that this, but there's a longing in you right now, even the Spirit of God. You, you know the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Just as He spoke to me some 30-something years ago. Friend, if that's you here today, I'm giving you an opportunity. I don't want to close the service without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. To just say, I've tried it my own way. Now, God, I, I, I'm just going to follow you. And God, I, I, I'm believing that you will change me. If you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know you need to get right with God. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want to be included in that prayer, you're saying, yep, that's me. Pastor, I'm not quite good enough. It's not, it doesn't matter how good you are. It's about how good God is. This is not about you. This is about what Christ has done for you that you can avail of today. If you know you need to get right with God in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And that prayer is just saying, God, I'm taking that first step. And so if you want to be included in that prayer, wherever you're sitting right now, would you put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Include me in that prayer. Anybody here today, you know, I don't want to finish this service out out without giving people an opportunity. Anyone here, you know you need to get, you want to be included in that prayer to get right with God. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Nice and high, so I can see it. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? You know you need to get right. Thank you. Anyone else? Hallelujah. All right, let's pray this prayer. Actually, is there anyone else who knows they should have put their hand up, but they didn't? Anybody else? You should have put your hand up. You know you shouldn't. You should have, but you didn't. 
thank you. Amen. Slip those hands down. Pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. Come fill me. Let your Spirit reside in me. I turn from my sin and turn towards God. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, as you walk out the church, pastor's going to be holding up a gift pack. It's got a Bible in it and uh, a little bit of information about the decision you have made. Friend, I want to tell you, keep walking with Jesus. Keep coming to the, to the household of faith and keep, keep, allow God to grow you as you begin your apprenticeship in Him. If you need prayer for anything today, there's a prayer station over to the side here and there will be people there ready to pray for and with you. Would you stand as I pronounce a blessing over your life? Think, who could you bring next week even to go that they might hear what Jesus has to say? Let me pronounce this blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Why don't you high five somebody? Service is over.